Well, this past week, we held our weekly staff meeting. And as always, Father Wes led us in a time of devotion and discussion and prayer. This week, he gave us a list of questions about our stress level, our morale, and our workload. But the last question was an interesting one. What do you want Jesus to do for you? What do you want Jesus to do for you? What an odd question. Aren't I supposed to live my life for Jesus? Aren't I to spend my focus on doing things for Jesus? Didn't he say that if we loved him, we would obey his commandments? Surely Father West got this question wrong. Surely he meant to ask, what do you want to do for Jesus? Isn't that why we're all here? Isn't that why we come to church? We come for Jesus. Isn't our entire lives to be offered as a sacrifice for Jesus? Well, I suppose that these are the thoughts that Simon Peter had in mind as well when he reclined at table with Jesus on that very first Maundy Thursday meal. And our text this evening tells us that Jesus was aware that his hour had come. All throughout Lent, we have been walking with Jesus toward his crucifixion in Jerusalem. And tonight, he is giving his disciples his farewell speech. Now, John's gospel gives us the most detailed account of this speech. And it is filled with love and affection for his disciples. Having loved his own who were in the world, John says, he loved them till the end. And fully aware of Judas's coming betrayal, Jesus is prompted by the knowledge that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going to God. So here is the Son of the living God through whom all things had been made, who had come down from the Father and who had emptied himself for the sake of the whole world. And he had just been hailed as the king by the crowds as he entered Jerusalem just last Sunday. So this should be the culmination, a great coronation. This should be a great revolution. The disciples had made all the preparations. The upper room had been reserved. And Jesus, the man who they watched calm the storms and heal the lepers and even raise the dead, was the guest of honor. They knew him as, his, as their rabbi and as the Christ the son of the living God. They were loyal and passionate and even willing to fight for him. So whatever it is they thought was going to happen after this night, they weren't expecting what happened next. Jesus got up from the table, took off his outer robe, and tied a towel around himself. And then he poured water into a basin 
and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was tied around him. Now, this must have been a strange twist to the evening for the disciples, but none of them seemed more bothered by it than Simon Peter. What are you doing? Lord, are you going to wash my feet? You will never wash my feet. What's the big deal, Peter? Look around. Nobody else seems to be having a problem with this. Well, I imagine the bewilderment around the table was evident. But Peter tends to represent the whole, which means he also represents you and me. And just like Peter, I think we are embarrassed by the idea that God would serve us. Now, by embarrassed, I mean that we are humiliated, or better yet, humbled. Why? Well, as much as we might like to be served by others, we prefer that those who serve us would be somehow subordinate to us. So, for example, if I'm an employer and I have employees, I expect them to serve me, or at least my business goals. And being served by an equal is much harder. But being served by someone greater than myself is the hardest of all. Why? Because it implies that I need help. It implies that I cannot do something on my own, that I am somehow weak and insufficient. You see, serving others, as good as that is, can be a very subtle form of pride. I remember early on in my career volunteering to work all-nighters for a film studio. And I wanted to serve this project well. I wanted to serve my team and my teammates well. I wanted to serve the entire studio well but I think I really wanted to prove to everyone that no one was more dedicated than me. I wanted everyone to know that I had stayed up all night and that if I hadn't stayed up all night, the film would be far behind schedule. If you think about it, if it weren't for me, my supervisor would probably lose his job. His family would be destitute. And surely the studio would have to file for bankruptcy. (laughs) They needed me. I had something that they desperately needed. And there it is. Peter has nothing that Jesus needs, and neither do we. This is the significance of the foot washing. And this one act, the maker of the universe, bends, he stoops down to do everything something for his creatures, not because he needs it, but because they do. What Peter needed and what each of us needs is the cleansing that only Jesus can give. It is humbling every single year on Maundy Thursday, even at the very end of Lent, that season in which we've all been striving to repent of our sins, to be reminded that we cannot do it on our own, that we are too weak. 
We are insufficient. And this is why Jesus told Peter, unless I wash you, you have no share in me. In other words, Jesus loves Peter just as he loves us. And what he does, he does out of love, not out of duty or obligation. He demonstrates this love by providing the very thing that we lack. And this is the way that he serves us. Tomorrow night, we will gather back here in this nave to commemorate the crucifixion of Jesus. And in that one event, our Lord accomplished the forgiveness of our sins by his own death. It is not something that we could ever do for ourselves. And I'm guessing that your Lent has reminded you of that over and over again. But praise God, the one who stoops down to serve us when we could not serve ourselves, though we desperately try. What do I want Jesus to do for me? I want him to cleanse every part of me, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head, my heart, and every fiber of my being. Beloved, tonight we have been given the example of Jesus to demonstrate God's love for us by demonstrating our love for one another. Please understand, foot washing is weird. (laughs) So my advice to you tonight is, let it be weird. Feel the discomfort that the disciples felt as you come forward tonight. And I know you're capable of washing your own feet. But by letting others wash your feet, remember that there is a washing that you cannot do, that only God can. And not only that, but that you are in a room full of disciples who are just as weak and just as inefficient and insufficient as you are. So let us obey the new mandate that Jesus gave to us. Let us wash one another's feet. Let us love each other as Jesus has loved each one of us. Amen.